our top story. What's next? What is next? I think that is the question that so many of us have. I, You know, the polling has indicated that Ontarians are, you know, although we are anxious to reopen, we are satisfied with a go-slow approach. That is what the polling has been telling us. But what is next, considering our vaccination numbers are pretty amazing? Our case count numbers, again, low. We're hitting all the metrics. We're in stage two. So as we move towards stage three, and we have been warned, don't expect that to come any sooner than the 21 days. Maybe it'll be a day or so earlier, just like stage one and stage two. But beyond that, we're not stampeding forward. But once we get past stage three, well, what's what's the deal? Let's get back to a key question at the Traveling Dofo show this morning. Take it away. This is Clark from Your TV in North Bay. If all goes according to plan, hopefully uh, following 21 days of step three, what happens after that? Well, again, we'll be working with the health team. We'll be rolling that out uh, shortly over the next three weeks. We want to get to step three. I know everyone is quite happy in, in step two. Are we? Are we Are we all quite happy in step two? I mean, I know we're, we're excited about getting haircuts. I still haven't had mine. That's, that's a story to come. But what does it mean that we don't have a roadmap going past stage three? Stand, stand by. We're back still with the standby. Suman Chakrabarty is an infectious disease specialist and a regular on this program and also on my TV program. Uh, Dr. Chakrabarty, welcome. Would you like to see something more in terms of post-stage three planning? Oh, uh, that's an understatement. I think that, you know, if you look at us compared to even other provinces, uh, other states, uh, and other countries... We're one of the few places, if not the only place, that doesn't have a clear outlining of a full reopening. Stage three was the final stage. If you look at closely at it, there's still lots of restrictions, and that's bad. We're, we're, we're pretty late in the game, and we really need to have that to look forward to. Okay, the, the counter-argument to that is Delta, Delta, Delta. Um, and l- let's address Delta, and let's start with perhaps the issue in Burlington, where we have an outbreak in a long-term care home. Uh, how dangerous is Delta even with the vaccination numbers that we have? So I think that what we need to do here now is in the post-pandemic phase, we have to really shift our focus. So there's a lot of focus on cases and all that type of thing, but cases now mean something different. The Burlington outbreak actually illustrates to us that the vaccines are working. So these people that were picked up, mainly as part of an investigation because they found a couple of cases, and the majority didn't even realize they had COVID. They're often, oh, I didn't know my, my, I had anything. And that shows that what's happening is the vaccine is, t- is defanging the virus. It's making it so it's so mild that half the time people don't even realize they have it. And that's what we're going to be having going forward. So, yeah, we're going to find more of these things just like we found with the New York Yankees. But having cases is not the main thing anymore. What it is is looking at hospitalizations and deaths. And these have been uh, you know, dropping like a rock over the last uh, several weeks. But I think if I looked at our ICU numbers, and you know, I haven't committed them to memory, we're still in the mid-200s, and they are dropping, but they're still concerningly high, at least if you take the metrics in, into play, like what they told us in you know, wave one and wave two, about what the capacity in ICUs was. Definitely. That has been our rate-limiting step here in Ontario and in Canada as a whole. Is our hospital capacity, or lack thereof, is what has gotten us into this issue. Uh, and the thing is, though, is that many of these people that are in the ICU, they're often, uh, they have a tracheostomy, for example. They're breathing through a hole in the neck, and it takes them a long time to come off the ventilator because they've been so sick. But the thing is that you're not 
adding people there now. And that's the main thing is that if we do get a wave of anything, say influenza, even if we do get some uh, increased numbers of COVID people, we can now absorb that. I very, very much doubt we'll ever have a big wave of hospitalizations like we did in the first three waves. Can we address just the sort of the relaxation and and the way that I think just, you know, human nature is, especially, you know, when when you're a chief medical officer of health, for example, and you've been in charge of something like a pandemic for a long time. I know we have a new one in Ontario, but there's going to be a reluctance to relate to to just kind of say, okay, go ahead and do whatever you want. There's just going to be an institutional reluctance for it, regardless of what the science say, science says. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And, you know, to be honest with you, though, I think that it's particularly uh, visible here in Ontario. Uh, On Ontario, all of our approach to this has been very risk averse. And one thing I do want to mention is that initially it made a lot of sense that COVID risk was the thing that really was the primary central idea that we all had to kind of go around. But now, because we have vaccination and we've defanged the virus, you can now make safe risk trade-offs. You know that there's going to be an increased cases, a number of cases when you open things up fully, but because you're not going to be overwhelming the healthcare system, because you have vaccination, you can now do this safely. So COVID's going to be now coming down on the list of priorities and us badly needing to get back to other aspects of society that have been on the, uh, the back burner for the last year and a half. Every single day, uh, news organizations uh, in this city and right across this country publish the daily case counts. Do we need to just stop doing that? Uh, I've been a big proponent of this. I think that if you stop the daily case counts, I think the temperature of what's happening in the, you know, the overall feeling in the public would drop by 30 degrees overnight. I think that if you look at the, the case count, first of all, it's not really telling us that much anymore. And look what's happening in the UK and in Israel. It's actually making them do things in, out of nervousness that we don't necessarily need to do. We need to keep an eye on things, don't get me wrong, but I think that looking at the more informative metrics, which is hospitalizations uh, and deaths, these are the things that are going to be much more uh, useful for us now uh, looking at the pandemic. I'm speaking with Dr. Suman Chakrabarty, and let's just address what's happening in Israel um, and also with the UK. I believe I noticed Norway is slowing down. It's reopening because of concerns about Delta. What do you mean that there's a nervousness there. You, you don't you don't agree with those that that reaction or those reactions from those countries. I don't. Uh, in that, first of all, I'm not the one making the decision. So first of mm-hmm. all, I know it's a very very difficult one. But the one thing to remember is that we know we have on the ground evidence on how uh, effective these vaccines are at preventing severe complications, such as death, of course, and hospitalization. So what happens, you expect to see these cases rise. And the thing is, if the messaging is that you see the case rise and all of a sudden you just go back to your old way of restricting things or not opening things up, I think that's a fundamental uh, miscommunication because you're kind of doing something that on the ground we're seeing is not really what's indicated. And I think this can give mixed messages to the public. And also, we have to move into the next phase where we live with the virus and we can do so safely now thanks to vaccination. And, you know, if you're if you're going to constantly be restricting or talking about a a lockdown again, once you have what what do we have now, 75 percent vaccination uh, and uh, the 40 percent is coming up for two doses then you're basically telling people the vaccination doesn't change anything. And I really, really want to try to undo that and give the message of such a good position we're in right now. Sumant, great to talk to you again. Thank you again for your time today. Best take care. 
That is Dr. Suman Chakravarti, who's an infectious disease specialist. What do you make of that? I think there will be a lot of uh, willing and eager ears taking in that kind of information. We are going too slow. We need to get to a point where we understand that living with COVID-19 is just going to be part of our lives. And this constant drumbeat of how many cases do we have today doesn't help us. I have been saying, if you're a regular listener to my program, and I, I thank you if you have been listening for the last 14 months, I've said time and time again, don't look at those daily case count numbers. They are, by and large, meaningless. And now, according to Dr. Chakrabarty, even more so. 